As an educator, you want what's best for your students. You want them to succeed academically and emotionally. But how do you do it? simply ask the question, what is it that we want for our learners? You know, the amount of time they physically sit in a seat doesn't determine whether or not they've learned something. We just kind of took genius hour and put it on steroids. Steroid. From creative instructional practices to school models and ideas big and small, Reimagining Time is a podcast that will tell the stories of real educators like you and how they've used their imagination to transform their schools and enrich students' lives. And we always had said right from the get-go, this is a pilot. We're not doing it just to do this. And if we don't like it, then we'll trash it and we'll do something else. How can schools make better use of their allotted time during the school day to help lessen students' homework stress, to provide interventions, and emotional supports? And how does a sweeping change to the school schedule affect staff? How can schools create a culture of endorsement where teachers and administrators work together and all have a voice in change. Listen as Massachusetts Falmouth High School Principal Mary Gans and Assistant Principal Tom McMahon talk about how they created a daily flex period in their schedule. They discuss how they were able to make these changes and how losing time from academic class periods wasn't really a loss at all. When I first um, became principal, I was made aware of the fact that during our last NIES accreditation cycle, we, the high school had not, it had been cited for not yet having an advisory or personalized learning program um, that NIES requires, NIES support standards. Let's stop there for a moment. So what is NIESC? NIESC stands for the New England Association of Schools and Colleges. It provides educational accreditation to schools in the U.S. and all over the world. NIESC accreditation is described as a globally recognized standard of excellence, an assurance of a high-quality learning experience, as well as ensuring an effective, time-tested methodology for school improvement and growth. So, getting accredited by NIESC is a big deal. It means that your school has reached some pretty high standards, including having a system in place to support student learning needs and well-being. This is where Falmouth had some work to do. We've always kind of balked at that idea because we didn't want to do something that was, uh, what we'd heard about advisories in other schools was, was that they were kind of meaningless. People were doing it just to satisfy the requirement. And uh, once we learned about the idea of a flexible block, we thought it was something that could be accomplished this thing that NIAS was asking for, but also be meaningful to We us. wanted to satisfy NIAS, but also provide an opportunity during the school day where we could provide extra support and intervention with students and not rely on the hit or miss of staying after school. What's so crucial about what they did here is that they started by defining their why. Yes, they wanted to meet these NIASC personalized learning standards, but it was more than that. They wanted to make a decision that would be beneficial to students and teachers. They wanted to give students time for extra help and alleviate homework stress during the school day. Doing this would mean a change for their daily schedule. A change that might seem scary for a lot of schools. Adding a daily flex period typically means that schools need to take time out of other classes to come up with enough time for this flex period. And convincing people that this is a good idea isn't always easy. So how did Mary and Tom do it? Well, sometimes in a school, administration comes up with this really great idea that they can't wait to implement. But they sort of just make the executive decision and then expect staff to go along with it. That doesn't usually lead to success. Let's face it, 
None of us like to be excluded from a decision that will have a direct impact on our life. At Falmouth, this was far from the approach that they took when it came to creating a flex period. Mary and Tom included teachers not just in the decision, but in the process, which actually created a culture of endorsement. And we always had said right from the get-go, this is a pilot. We're not doing it just to do this. And if we don't like it, then we'll trash it and we'll do something else because we do need to satisfy the NEASC requirement, but we're not going to do something if it's obviously not good for teachers and students. I think it, it was probably the most critical piece to the success of Clipper Time, to be honest. The best thing, the best decision Mary made was what she said at the beginning, I'm not here to force this down anyone's throats. That kind of statement lets staff know two things. One, that these decisions weren't going to be made without their input. And two, that the ultimate goal was to create a program that was good for them and for students. From the very beginning, Mary and Tom knew that this was something they wanted to take step by step. Tom explains how it all got started when they attended a conference put on by NEASC. Um, We saw a school from New Hampshire there that presented on a flex schedule We came back really excited about that idea, um, but we're careful to introduce it slowly. We talked to our scheduling committee about it first. They wanted to investigate it more. Um, We then asked the principal of that school from New Hampshire we'd seen to come down and present to our faculty. The faculty uniformly was pretty excited about continuing to investigate. We then had a group visit the school in New Hampshire, and we sent. We were careful to send both people who were really excited about the idea of investigating this and some skeptics who said, I don't want to lose any time for my classes. I can't afford to. And they all came back really excited. And I'll, I'll say the skeptics were more excited yeah. than the people who were originally uh, excited about it. They then presented to our faculty on it in small groups to talk about their experience in seeing something like this firsthand. Let's pause there because this is really important. Mary and Tom were careful not to just include their supporters in this process. That would have been the easy route. But they knew that if they could get staff who were skeptical about the program to support it, even advocate for it, that would carry more weight. So they had these skeptics join them in the investigation process, visiting a school who was currently utilizing a flex schedule so that they could see firsthand what it was like. That made a huge difference. Once this group presented to the rest of the faculty, they took an anonymous vote on whether or not to continue with this pilot. Faculty agreed that this was something they wanted to try. But still, they didn't rush into implementation. It was over a year of planning before we officially implemented Clipper Time at Falmouth High School. And I would recommend nothing less for a school. It's not something you can jump right into because when you try and make change like that without the careful investigation and buy-in, there's going to be pushback, and I think for legitimate reasons. That's a good point. Teachers won't want to do something if they don't see the value of it because their time is precious and they care about their students. New programs might meet with pushback because there wasn't sufficient time given to educate and include people in the investigation process. This is what will build buy-in. But once they had buy-in, what did it take to rearrange the schedule? The scheduling committee that we created had several faculty members on it. It was was all voluntary. We didn't pay them, but they were great. They really looked at our schedule, and we had a lot of factors to take into account. 
should we do it in the morning? Should we do it in the afternoon? We have students who go out on internships in the afternoon. They would miss it if it was the afternoon. We had lunch waves to take into account. And the only way we could really do it was to shave minutes off of periods. Um, and that was a huge concern. We took six minutes off of each of our periods during the day to create a 33-minute clipper time period. And we were very, very worried about that. One of the biggest challenges to creating a flex block is finding time during the school day to do it. Shaving five or six minutes off of a class might not seem like a lot, but that's five or six minutes of instructional time, and that can raise some concerns. But at Falmouth High School, they figured out that they weren't actually losing any time. Tom explains. I think what teachers are starting to realize, too, is that the six minutes we lost when they were um, reteaching standards or skills to an entire class that maybe 80% of them had gotten, they, they were proficient in the, the subject matter and the skill we're talking about, and the teachers really focusing in on this last 20%, they now are taking those six minutes, which you know, cumulatively add up to 33 every day, and they can focus with those smaller groups who didn't get the skill when everyone else didn't really remediate and, and work with those students more who need it more. So this actually ended up being time gained, not lost. For students who already got it, they didn't need those six minutes. But for students who were really struggling, now they had a full 30-minute period where they could really focus and hone in on where they needed help the most. So by now you've probably heard Mary and Tom talk a lot about clipper time, which is what they decided to call their flex period. How did they come up with this idea? And is it really that important for schools to give their flex period a special identity? That was really, that was Aaron's. Um, when Aaron came to train the staff, on how to use the enriching student software the first thing he said to us we came up with a really lame name um <laughs> using the acronym fhs for falmouth high school saying falmouth helps students and it just really had no bite to it and aaron just said hey you're the falmouth high school clippers you should be clipper time so it, it i really actually feel like the name does carry weight that it is catchy and the kids all it's just everybody knows what clipper time is in the business world people talk a lot about the importance of having a brand identity but this can apply to schools as well when a school has a strong brand it gives them a strong identity it makes the school a community as mary said everyone knows what clipper time is administration teachers students it's something that they can identify with and get excited about so once clipper time was established what happened has Clipper Time actually helped students? Mary and Tom talk a little bit about some challenges that are faced by students all over the country and how they were able to use Clipper Time to really give students exactly what they needed. At Falmouth, a large student population have high needs. 35 to 40 percent high need students, which means um, free and reduced lunch, economically disadvantaged. Uh, we definitely have a struggling population over the past couple years we've seen a real spike in uh, mental health issues and trauma issues in students and our student profiles are just changing um, a lot of stress and the CAPE also is known for a significant opioid crisis um, which is all across the country but definitely impacting our students where students see you know friends or parents or siblings overdosing dying um, so we, we these are very real challenges students are facing on a daily basis. This speaks to the value of knowing your community and knowing what unique challenges your students are experiencing. Only then can you figure out how to give students what they actually need. 
Tom explains how they were able to use Clipper time to maximize what their guidance counselors could do to support and assist students. One of the real benefits we've seen come out of our flexible block is that we're able to utilize our guidance in adjustment counselors in a much more meaningful way, where before they're really doing one-to-one -one work with a lot of kids. They would try and get groups together, but you're always battling, I'm going to be taking these kids out of an academic class to get a, a boys group together or a, you know, a, a group of kids who we know are suffering with addiction in their families, anything like that. Now this Clipper time is something that our counselors can use and our clinicians can use to uh, get to their kids, get to them more regularly, and not interrupt their academics, which is what was happening before. Even guidance counselors, they've been able to, they run scholarship workshops, college application workshops with groups, and they're not having to take students out of, uh, you know, an academic class to do it. Clipper Time has provided the opportunity to help address the needs of students who are struggling, be it academically or emotionally. Mary shared that they've seen a real spike in mental health issues and trauma over the past few years, and this is true of schools across the country. It's an increasing challenge for schools to provide students with the supports they need. Having a daily flex period, like Clipper Time, can create an opportunity for students to get those supports. Essentially, it creates a class period that school counselors never would have had before. In most schools, counselors and school psychologists need to pull kids out of class to meet with them. This way, though, they can have one-on-one -on -one meetings with students, meet in small groups, and students aren't losing any important instructional time. And most importantly, kids are getting what they need when they need it. That's it for this week's episode of Reimagining Time. This podcast is brought to you by Enriching Students, a tool that helps teachers give students what they really need, time. Our intro track, Rough Cut, is by the artist Tripwire. And we want to say thank you to all of the educators who shared their ideas and stories with us. Look for new episodes of Reimagining Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.